Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on December 17th, 2021 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. Well, this is our last full episode for the year. You'll have to wait for the new year for a new one. So we jammed it full of the latest news, including extensive remarks from President Joe Biden during his first trip to the state since winning the White House. Biden gave the fall commencement address at Congressman Jim Clyburn's alma mater, South Carolina State University, on Friday and also met with local leaders during his trip. The South Carolina House Ad Hoc Redistricting Committee took initial testimony on its proposed congressional map, and we hear from Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell about the economy and the Fed's plan to rein in inflation. Health officials are opting for Moderna and Pfizer shots over Johnson & Johnson. We'll tell you why, and we get the latest on Omicron, and the U.S. marks another grim milestone in the pandemic. Also, folks, we appreciate everyone that has called in. The hopper is overflowing. That's why we're going to have a dedicated Christmas episode of your voicemails. So we're telling you right now, if you're going to call in, we want you to know that it's going to be played in the new year. So maybe not talk about Christmas as much as what your New Year's resolution is, how you see 2022 shaping up, what you're excited for, what you're scared about. Ooh, (laughs) Halloween's almost here. Uh, (laughs) So let us know. Tell us about 2022. We'd love to hear from you. Kick off the new year right by fulfilling one of your resolutions, and that is calling the lead at 803-563-7169. What a great way to start the year. Let us know what's up with you. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is high, which means it's widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 14,461 total deaths, and currently there are 936,207 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of December 17th at 4 p.m. Our current percent positive rate is 7.3%. It's going up. 559 individuals are hospitalized with COVID-19. 153 are in intensive care. Note that both of those metrics are up 14% week over week. And 70 people are on ventilators. That's up 1%. Currently, 51.2% of all eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. President Joe Biden made his first visit to South Carolina since winning the White House to deliver the fall commencement address at South Carolina State University. Biden was in town at the behest of House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, a 1962 graduate of the only four-year public historically black university in the state. It was also a big day because Clyburn got to walk across the graduation stage. While he qualified to receive his diploma in December 1961, the school only offered one graduation ceremony at the time. Now, while he could have walked in 1962, he was teaching in Charleston at the time, but better late than never, we're talking 60 years later, that's when the 81-year-old Clyburn was announced as Magna Summa Congressional Cum Laude, that's a different title that they kind of just made up, and he walked across the stage to receive his diploma from the President of the United States. But before that moment, Clyburn had the honor of introducing Biden and sharing some memories of his late wife, Emily, whom he met when they were both students at the school. I don't know what was expected of her, I know what she did. She came across a little wayward guy from Sumter, South Carolina, and turned him into a United States Congressman. So there's no limit. 
Not only did she do that, but not long before she passed away, a little over two years ago, she said to me, if we want to succeed in this upcoming election, we had better nominate Joe Biden. She passed away before the South Carolina primary. But what she said to me that night stayed on my mind. And when I looked among those 20 some odd candidates running for the Democratic nomination, several of whom were very close friends of ours, I remembered what she said to me. And I followed her directions, just as I had for the 58 years that we were married. Biden spoke for about 30 minutes in his second commencement address since becoming president, his first being at the U.S. Coast Guard Academy in May. In Orangeburg, he laid out the challenges students faced during the pandemic and what awaits them. I know it wasn't easy. Remote learning, fearing getting sick from COVID-19, feeling the pain for those who lost loved ones, and you know people who've lost one loved ones. The uncertainty of a devastated economy, the reckoning on race not seen since the 50s and 60s. Your time here has come during a tumultuous and consequential moment in modern American history. And has led you to graduate at a real inflection point in history. No graduating class gets to choose the world into which they graduate. Every class enters the history of the nation up to the point that has been written by others. A few classes, every once in a few generations, enter at a point in American history where it actually has a chance to change the trajectory of the country. And that's not hyperbole. You face that inflection point today, and I'm confident you'll meet the moment. You're ready because you're part of a proud and sacred tradition, an HBCU tradition, more than 180 years of excellence. Biden had been planning a return to South Carolina, and Clyburn found that the commencement ceremony that he was originally going to keynote would be best. Another little thank you to Clyburn and the state Democrats, because let's remember, Clyburn helped revive Biden's 2020 presidential bid which Biden again acknowledged after receiving a, quote, shellacking, his words right there, in Iowa and New Hampshire. But that changed when he won the Palmetto State by 30 points, giving him huge momentum on into Super Tuesday. During the campaign, Biden often spoke about how the white supremacist Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017 inspired him to run and battle for the soul of the nation, a theme he returned to on Friday amid talk of ongoing policy fights. Biden noted the through line of violence from modern times back to the civil rights protest 53 years ago on the school's campus, now known as the Orangeburg Massacre, that injured 28 and left SCSU students Samuel Hammond Jr. and Henry Smith, as well as a high school student, Delano Middleton, dead at the hands of local police. Biden spoke in the Smith-Hammond Middleton Memorial Center and connected how racism and hatred could be fueled by leaders like his predecessor. The guy who had this job before, when asked what he thought about it, he said, well, there's some very good people there. Hell, very good people. They're racist. They're fascist. And folks, 
That was four years ago. I never thought I'd see that in my career. The violent and deadly insurrection on Capitol Hill 11 months ago on January the 6th. But one of the things I thought, and Jim probably didn't, but I thought, Jim, I thought when we had some of those major victories, we'd finally crossed the threshold. But what I didn't realize is you can defeat hate, but you can't eliminate it. It just slides back under a rock. And when given oxygen by political leaders, it comes out ugly and mean as it was before. We can't give it any oxygen. We have to step on it. We have to respond to it. It's not who we are. It's a minority, but if the majority doesn't speak up, it has a profound impact. That's what we've seen the last few years. We cannot, we must not give hate any safe harbor. We have to shine as bright as light as we can on it. That's the ultimate disinfectant. Call it out. And you're going to be the light. You're going to have to be the light. Biden said he will continue to push for police reforms despite the implosion of Senate talks led by Senators Tim Scott and Cory Booker over the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act this summer. Just to remind you, Scott accused Booker and Democrats of pushing to defund police. However, the Fraternal Order of Police backed up Booker in saying that the bill would have provided more money for training and data collection and no one was planning to defund police, something that Biden does not support. Now, some federal funding for local departments was contingent upon those agencies adopting measures like banning no-knock warrants and chokeholds, maintaining disciplinary records for officers, and racial bias training. But that was something even Republicans had proposed. Here's Biden. On police reform, I share the frustration. And I know the family well, George Family Justice Act and Policing Act. I know the family well. It's not been passed in the Senate. But the fight's not over. Despite Republican obstructionism in this bill, we've made changes to the federal law enforcement policies that I have the ability to do with the stroke of a pen. The Justice Department has banned chokeholds, restricted no-knock warrants, required federal agents to wear and activate body cameras. It also ending the Justice Department use of private prisons, rescinding previous administration requirements that U.S. attorneys seek the harshest penalties. The Justice Department has opened a pattern and practice investigation into systemic misconduct of police departments in Phoenix, Louisville, Minneapolis, Mount Vernon, New York. But we're just getting started. This administration is going to continue to fight for meaningful police reform in Congress and through additional executive actions. And you will be our next generation of elected officials, police chiefs, civil rights leaders, leading the way. Altogether, Biden was on the ground for about five hours. Weather conditions prohibited Marine One from flying to and from Orangeburg. Sorry, I-26 drivers. But that gave Congressman Clyburn more time to bend his ear in the presidential limousine known as The Beast. Following the commencement ceremony, the motorcade headed to the Orangeburg Municipal Airport, where for 40 minutes, Biden participated in a photo line with several state lawmakers, including his good friend, Senator Dick Carpullian. Remember, his wife Jamie was nominated by Biden to serve as the ambassador to Slovenia. Talking about state lawmakers, the South Carolina House Ad Hoc Redistricting Committee received testimony on their proposed congressional map Thursday, including testimony from the League of Women Voters. The nonpartisan league said they're not enthusiastic about the plan, but the map is slightly more competitive and proportional than the current map. 
The map is also more competitive than the one proposed by a Senate committee, which made Congressional District 1 solidly Republican, whereas the House proposal makes it more competitive. Although the House proposal is somewhat better, it still prompted concerns over regional communities of interest that are split. More testimony will be forthcoming in January, according to Committee Chairman Jay Jordan. And before we go to our business section, the Rock the Red convention is taking place in Greenville this January and will include speakers such as Laura Trump, who's the wife of former President Donald Trump's second son, Eric, and controversial political operative and Trump ally, Roger Stone. And FYI, Stone just appeared before the House Select Committee investigating January 6th, and he pleaded the 5th. The Rock the Red convention was born out of the South Carolina Tea Party Coalition convention, which first took place in 2012. Trump himself even attended the 2015 convention when he was first wading into his presidential run. Federal Open Market Committee, which includes members of the 12 Federal Reserve Banks from around the country, including President Tom Barkin from our district in Richmond, well, they met this week, folks. Yes, always a big deal when they meet. The participants voted to double the pace of tapering the $120 billion bond-buying program, which should have it wrapped up by March compared to the previous plan of June. That program has been juicing markets since the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, $120 billion a month. Juice. Here's Fed Chairman Jerome Powell giving an update on the economy. The rise in COVID cases in recent weeks, along with the emergence of the Omicron variant, pose risk to the out- risks to the outlook. Notwithstanding the effects of the virus and supply constraints, FOMC participants continue to foresee rapid growth. As shown in our summary of economic projections, the median projection for real GDP growth stands at 5.5% this year, and 4% next year. Amid improving labor market conditions and very strong demand for workers, the economy has been making rapid progress toward maximum employment. Job gains have been solid in recent months, averaging 378,000 per month over the last three months. The unemployment rate has declined substantially, falling six-tenths of a percentage point since our last meeting and reaching 4.2% in November. The recent improvements in labor market conditions have narrowed the differences in employment across groups, especially for workers at the lower end of the wage distribution, as well as for African Americans and Hispanics. Labor force participation showed a welcome rise in November, but remains subdued, in part reflecting the aging of the population and retirements. So yes, wages have been increasing, but with inflation running at 6.8% year over year, well, that's true away at our purchasing power. The Fed expects inflation to get closer to 2.6% next year. Now, the Fed also understands the hardship inflation puts on folks and committed to price stability and using its tools to support the economy and make sure higher inflation doesn't become entrenched, a.k.a. raising interest rates slowly next year while that bond purchasing stimulus tapers. Here's Chair Powell again. How long the labor shortage will, Georges, will persist is unclear, particularly if additional waves of the virus occur. Looking ahead... FOMC participants project the labor market to continue to improve, with the median projection for the unemployment rate declining to 3.5% by the end of the year. Compared with the projections made in September, 
participants have revised their unemployment rate projections noticeably lower for this year and next. Supply and demand imbalances related to the pandemic and the reopening of the economy have continued to contribute to elevated levels of inflation. In particular, bottlenecks and supply constraints are limiting how quickly production can respond to higher demand in the near term. These problems have been larger and longer lasting than anticipated, exacerbated by waves of the virus. As a result, overall inflation is running well above our 2% longer run goal and will likely continue to do so well into next year. While the drivers of higher inflation have been predominantly connected to the dislocations caused by the pandemic, price increases have now spread to a broader range of goods and services. Wages have also risen briskly, but thus far, wage growth has not been a major contributor to the elevated levels of inflation. We are attentive to the risks that persistent real wage growth in excess of productivity could put to upward pressure on inflation. Like most forecasters, we continue to expect inflation to decline to levels closer to our 2% longer run goal by the end of next year. And Biden wasn't the only high-ranking federal official in the neighborhood this week. U.S. Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was at the nearby Port of Savannah. Ooh, the other port. Talking about the bipartisan infrastructure law and what the Biden administration is doing to help clear supply chain issues plaguing U.S. ports. Let's start off our medical section with a solemn acknowledgement. It's been a year since the first COVID vaccine came on the scene, but sadly, the United States surpassed 800,000 deaths since the start of the pandemic, with more people dying this past year, even after three safe and effective vaccines became widely available this spring. Now, on Wednesday, MUSC announced that three cases of the Omicron variant had been discovered in the state. All of the cases were located in Charleston County, according to health officials. All three were adults, they were fully vaccinated, though it's not clear if they've had a booster, and all three had mild symptoms. Dr. Brandon Traxler, DHEC's Director of Public Health, said that being fully vaccinated and boosted when eligible is the most important way to protect yourself against the Omicron variant. Here's Dr. Traxler. Um, the little bit of evidence that there is and data does suggest that um, being fully vaccinated may not be as protective against Omicron as it was against Delta or other previous strains. Um, however, that's where getting the booster is um, very important when you're when you're due for your booster because that booster has shown to increase it back up. Um, the most recent data I saw for that was um, was coming out from the NIH director, Dr. Collins, Dr. Francis Collins, and he said that um, 76% um, basically efficacy if once you had your booster. So you're getting right back up, maybe not quite as high as, as it was against the Delta and others, but you're still getting very good protection once you get that booster. Even with the unknown and growing threat of Omicron, it has been very slow going in terms of vaccination progress in the state. Now, Dr. Traxler said it's not clear yet if Omicron poses a threat of another surge, but optimistically notes that we're faring better than this time last year. The little bit that we have seen um, is really just too early to say. When we're looking at bigger categories, more like at the weekly cases, um, we're seeing slight increases, but it is certainly not the increase that we, the rate of increase that we saw last year. 
Um, we have gotten to this point in the holiday season doing much better than we did, like I said, at this time last year. Um, however, we are not out of the woods, and so it's not a reason for people to let their guards down. Um, I think we all still, especially in light of Omicron, just the emergence of it worldwide, nationwide, and now we, we know it's confirmed, you know, that to be in our state, is um, why we all need to just, you know, stay the course with these protective actions, um, especially to get through the holiday season without seeing any significant increases. Moving on. On Wednesday, Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know him, he's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said that at this time, an Omicron-specific vaccine is not needed because early data shows that current booster shots are sufficiently boosting. Power up. However, on Thursday, the CDC endorsed and updated recommendations made by the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, also known as ASIP, duh, for the prevention of COVID-19 expressing a clinical preference for individuals to receive an mRNA COVID-19 vaccine over Johnson & Johnson's vaccine. Now, ASIP's unanimous recommendation followed a robust discussion of the latest evidence on vaccine effectiveness, vaccine safety, and rare adverse events, and consideration of the U.S. vaccine supply. DHEC agreed with the decision and said Friday in a statement, quote, while the two mRNA vaccines are preferred over the Janssen vaccine for both primary vaccination series and for boosters, the Janssen vaccine will remain available for use in people who are unable or unwilling to take an mRNA vaccine. Now, you may remember that the rare and sometimes fatal blood clot problems occurred with the J&J vaccine called thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome. That's TTS, obviously. Now, Johnson & Johnson said it, quote, remains confident in the overall positive benefit risk profile of its vaccine. And again, more than 17 million Americans, including our own A.T. Shire, safely received the J&J jab. We're going to keep on working through the week because on Friday, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky said during a White House COVID task force meeting that the Omicron variant will soon overtake the prevalent Delta strain. Here she is. At least 39 states and over 75 countries have reported confirmed cases of the Omicron variant. And although Delta continues to circulate widely in the United States, Omicron is increasing rapidly and we expect it to become the dominant strain in the United States as it has in other countries in the coming weeks. We've seen cases of Omicron among those who are both vaccinated and boosted, and we believe these cases are milder or asymptomatic because of vaccine protection. And on the way out, let's take a global look at the vaccine rollout as we head into our second year of having nine total vaccines worldwide to fight the pandemic. Now, while vaccines are easy to access in the United States, worldwide, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security reports that the Duke Global Health Innovation Center and the COVID Collaborative estimate that 11 billion doses of SARS-CoV-2 vaccine will have been manufactured by the end of 2021, which should cover 70% of those five and older around the world. But doses are not being equitably distributed. Globally, 8.5 million doses have been distributed, with 56% of the world population having received at least one dose of SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. However, only 7.2% of people in low-income countries have received at least one dose. Some countries are utilizing most of their supply, but still have low vaccination rates because supplies are not adequate to cover the population. Other nations face challenges with delivery capacity and logistics, cold chain requirements, and vaccine hesitancy. 
COVAX aimed to deliver 800 million doses by the end of this year, down from its initial 2.3 billion dose goal, but now estimates that less than half of that figure will be delivered. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're talking about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. That's why we have a voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. So many of you have called. And like we said earlier, we will have a dedicated episode for you right around Christmas time. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, AT, we have a local celebrity who very, called in. Very local across the hall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is in house. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, baby. We're in house. We're in so, house. Uh, in the house. Uh, I just, I, I really enjoy, Gavin, that um, uh, our conversation in the last episode really spurred people to call in and, and stop us from action. doing that. Yeah, it really was. I mean, we didn't say to call in, but um, <laughs> what we were saying spoke those words for us. <laughs> so uh, needless to say, uh, uh, we got a bunch of calls. But first, we're going to lead off with our in-house. You ready? Yes. Uh, hey, AT and SE Lead Pod and Gavin, I suppose this is uh, Vince Cole Blugo calling again to just bail you guys out of this uh, dry hopper season. Um, let's see, random thoughts on my mind. Um, uh, AT, sneaky good golfer. You wouldn't expect it. Shoots like what, like mid-80s most of the time? Wouldn't expect it from a guy who's so, I don't know, podcasty. Gavin, I don't know. I haven't played golf with him yet, so I don't really know his uh, golf game. Mine, super excellent. We don't really need to go into the score, uh, but just understand that I'm pretty good. Um, I just finished, what is it, the second installment of the Hobbit trilogy, The Desolation of Smaug, Smaug, whatever. Uh, my thoughts on this shouldn't have really been made. These movies are not that good. Um, they don't have the same magic that the Lord of the Rings trilogy ones had. Um, I don't really know why I'm watching them, but I guess just around Christmas time and this, the holidays, I tend to go through all the, you know, classic trilogies, the, um, the Matrix trilogy, the, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, um, anything that's got three movies and planned out like that or wasn't planned out like that, yeah, I typically go through them. So I guess Star Wars is next, even though I don't really want to go through all those now because I think, I don't know, after time and reflection, Star Wars just isn't really that good. But anyway, tried to save you guys. Hopefully you don't use this, but you probably will. Bye. I suppose. Did you hear what he said? I suppose, Gavin. I, Who leads off a voicemail like that? I think very rude. Very rude guy. Calling to bail yeah. us out. <laughs> Talking trash. The things we do, AT, to fill up this wine down for our people. I know. Getting Vince Cold Brugo to call us and and just trash us like that. I, he did want to. He did want he me to mention. He actually complimented you uh, yeah, more than I was. I got, I, I got was just. I got a little compliment I was in barely there. Barely here. I'd like to say though that uh, he golfed maybe like an hour before me mm. like, this past weekend. And uh, my wife beat him by one. Hmm. We They both put their scores in. Beat him by one. Look at that, Caitlin. Yep. And uh, he said, not to mention it, he also um, found my car and put up all the windshield wipers. Oh, of and course. When I classic. The, when I, classic Vince spoof and goof. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when I put the back one down, uh, it broke. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that guy owes me a, a hey, wiper. Hey, buddy. Coming <laughs> <laughs> for you. I do agree with him on the on the... On the Star Hobbit, Wars. the Hobbit, and obviously Star Wars is doomed for for people who don't like reading. So um, <laughs> I've been uh, doing my reading. I agree with that. all that, and I I will say that um, a lot of people do consider not that it is a Christmas movie, but 
every year on Christmas they watch Lord of the Rings trilogy, which uh, I think is great. Yeah. Very adorable. And he did want us to mention also that he does consider Bill and Ted's a trilogy now that the third one came Fascinating. out. Fascinating. Which is very smart very and important uh, very telling of Vince Colbluga. Yeah, so, well, thank you, uh, Vince, for bailing us out <laughs> and all that you do for all of our listeners out there. <laughs> Signed, Gavin Jackson. I was told to read that statement. Yeah, uh, there's a gun to Gavin's head right now. <laughs> yeah, there, uh, everything that I wanted to say before had to be redacted, and then we just went with the statement. It so. was five minutes of a bleep, but anyway. <laughs> it's a long bleep. But yeah, uh, you're speaking of speaking of reading, AT. I had, uh, you know, just grand plans for 2021 to read. Yep. So many books this year. I read so many during the last you year. You had a fat stack. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to do it. I love my Kindle. Life is great. Um, I read 20 last year, and I'm, I'm at 15 this year. Mm-hmm. Not the 60 I had originally <laughs> set the goal for. I will say somewhere like 700 pages long, so there are you know, a yeah. couple books in one. That's a good book to me. Yeah. Um, but so right now I'm really trying to get through the last ones. I want to at least match my goal of last year. So you said reading. Reminded me that we're going to be out for two weeks. I'm going to just bury my nose in some books and just, yes. you know, just just get in there. It's the season for reading books. and I'm still I'm cocoa. still disappointed that you started Dune and, and just couldn't, couldn't help it. Couldn't follow through. Got to know when to hold them, when to fold them, they say. <laughs> Why, I'm man, like, there are that? too many names that don't make sense, <laughs> and I don't need to retain in my What's little What's a lens rod, dude? <laughs> um, I do want to also mention that I got my booster shot. I'm Love boosted. That. Love <laughs> that. You're fully boosted. I mean, your skin is glowing. Did not in a good that? way. Not no, in a good way. I mean, it is luminescent. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that at night, too, when I turn the lights off. <laughs> We're working through that. I, it could be some of the cream that I'm using definitely. Definitely not booster related. Yeah, and you wake up with uh, new Superman abilities every day. I shed. You uh, I shed. you burned the house next to you down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just opened your eyes. I didn't phew. know that was. I didn't. No I one told know, me. No, but that's what happened. But I've been getting younger and younger, so it's like a Benjamin Button <laughs> thing too. So yes. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Yes, yes, it's great. Yes. Um, but you got boosted too. We know we mentioned I'm, you and I'm the very, J&J. I had to get off the J and J train. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. For anyone who's thinking about getting it, I say go get it. Sure. Omicron is on the horizon, looming very large, like a kaiju. But um, <laughs> I I don't know what that word means. Kaiju? Godzilla. We're gonna okay. Godzilla. Thank you. There you go. I need to start reading, like I said. You got to read. Those are movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now we can watch movies again, huh? Oh, whatever. Oh, AT says we can watch movies, folks. Uh, no, but yeah, I have had limited, if any, side effects from this besides the sore shoulder. Sore is all I got yeah. from it. And I was a little dragon the other day, but you know, a that's, that's typical. I was you a dragon. To do I was a, dragon. a little dragon the other day. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, it's super duper. And also... um. We had our Christmas party this past week. Yes. Very enjoyable. We didn't get to host it this year, but that's no, okay. No, yeah, I was, uh, was tied up watching that that, that committee hearing on the redistricting, so mm-hmm. we didn't get to judge the ugly Christmas sweater competition, though we were we were asked by name to do it because <laughs> apparently we're pretty funny. I actually got a uh, request afterwards. Someone walked up to me, a coworker, and was like, you are definitely going to host this next time, right? And I was like, oh, you better believe it, bud. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. Like They sprung it on us. Hours. Morning of. At morning Mere of. hours. And we could have worked out. So, I had some. I was thinking about this when I was going to bed last night. I'm like, we could have worked so many great little skits and would have looked so seamless. My biggest oh. thing is when people come up, uh, what I enjoy the most is people come up with their ugly sweaters on and then people just wearing normal sweaters. Correct. I call them ugly. Yes. And I'm like, you got to get up here. And <laughs> that's always the hard. That's the hardest part for us when we're doing that. There's like, hurt in their eyes when I say it to them. Um, yeah. No, I thought of like the opening line would be like, Okay, now Gavin is gonna judge you. Yes. Oh, sorry. Next line, judge your ugly Christmas. Judge your ugly. Weird. No, no. Space. Judge your ugly Christmas sweater. Okay, I got the whole ugly. bit. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was weird. <laughs> okay, ugly 
Christmas sweater oh, competition. Oh, I, I really got to read these before. Gosh, I need a cute card. <laughs> Where are my background singers? <laughs> yeah. So it's been a wonderful festive wind down to this holiday. We're gonna have. We're gonna get you at least one more yeah, little wind down. Maybe we a got, Jackson special. I, I like we said earlier. So many people called to tell us their their like year in review and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, plans. I, I truly love and appreciate that. So we're going to do a little special episode just for you guys. Yeah, stay tuned, folks. It'll be dropping in the weeks to come. Before. A little Christmas present. The oh, last thing under. Oh, there's one more present ah, behind the tree. Or like my, or like my dad did that one Christmas. He put a, a puzzle, put a present on the roof. Oh, like Santa left it behind. That's doing too much. And there was snow on the roof. I mean, the man could have fell off the roof. Not to mention that he put it up there. Had to go up the next morning while we were like watching him do it. And he retrieves this present. And what do you think? You think it'd be like some like amazing, really cool present that Santa left behind. But it was a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> and not just any jigsaw puzzle, but a Steve Urkel. Did I do that jigsaw puzzle? Yes. I'm like, sir, you risked your life for this. It's not even Stefan Urkel, bud. Come on. <laughs> the memories. That's Hopefully you're enjoying some some holiday memories. Really right reminds, now. that just screams to me something that Andy Shire would never do. Like... <laughs> That is an effort that he would never put in. Doesn't matter. Like, would never. It'd be more of like, a, oh, we forgot this one. Here you go. Oh, I'm surprised he wraps the presents, honestly. <laughs> I lo- you got to love the holidays, you know? <laughs> People wonder why I am the way I am. And, and uh, you meet my dad and you understand. But anyway, Gavin, let's save a little bit of this juice for, for yes, the, the, for the magic, wind down the episode. We'll continue so. in our next episode, folks. So stay tuned for that. And again, thanks for listening to the pod. We love everything that you guys do for us. And you can do even more like Vince Colbrugo did by calling us at 803-563-7169 or leaving us a review on iTunes. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Stay still. Do not move. <laughs> when goggles are affixed to your eye brain. <laughs> Where's my eye brain? 